0: What?
1: weren't there Ralph well. Not all who are bitten change There must be something wild within I've been sleeping all day. How do you feel? I feel uh, good. It is Mexican.
2: Welcome to Rewatchability. It's the podcast where we... Oh, no. Rob, Rob, what are you doing? We're a podcast on the Entertainment One Podcast Network. I'm Robert Laroe Oh, my God. With me, as always, is... Blaine Waters. <laughs> that got hairy for a second. Uh, you... Well, it was a bit hairy to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> you got claws and everything? Just for, like,
3: that one second.
2: You know, like, you have a bad week, your hygiene slips. <laughs> what can I say? Today, we're here to talk about a very special movie <laughs> in the spirit of the season, which is... Halloween! You may have noticed that there's more spooky things about. Last week we talked about vampires. Mm -hmm. This week we might have another supernatural creature. But first I want to thank our Patreons. Those are the folks who give us the spirit by donating a little bit of money each month. And that helps us keep the podcast going. Keeps our jack-o'-lanterns lit. Exactly. And in return you get a couple of things in return. Like a curse. (laughs) Or a trick or a treat. Yeah.
3: Uh, But the treat is mainly the podcast early and sometimes bonus content.
2: And the podcast is ad-free when you are a Patreon. So Yeah, you just have to give like three bucks a month and you get it ad-free and early.
3: So do that,
2: or else you will turn into a dark creature. Uh, I wonder where the curse was going to come up. That's good. <laughs> okay, so we're talking about Wolf this week, and it is a 1994 horror romance starring Jack Nicholson. Yeah, and Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, as well as some other people. James and- Spader. James Spader. Yeah. James Spader. Oh, God, yeah. He is Sorry. so sexy. <laughs> no, he scares me. Oh, okay. He's a creepy guy. There you go. But, Blaine, when was the first time that you saw this movie? Rob, I, I didn't want to bring it up. I didn't want to break
3: to you. You know, in the spirit of Halloween, I wanted to keep things fun and upbeat, but I've never seen this movie. I've seen the poster I remember going into the 99 cent video place near my store and uh, near my store, near my house. It was a store (laughs) near my house. And I remember seeing the poster there and being like... Kind of entranced by it. Like, right. it's it's a weird. Look
2: into my eyes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's just, like, half-wolf Have half like, Jack Nicholson's on the poster, mm-hmm. and it's very uh, mysterious. Right. And it looked a little spooky. So what you're saying is you were scared. I was too scared to go down that road. <laughs> yeah. No, I was a kid, and so I didn't uh, ever rent it. And I think... It was advertised a little bit as like a romance, and so I think right. I wasn't really into that. No. When my mom and I were like writing videos. Still not,
2: much to your wife's chagrin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: What? Marriage is a transaction. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't think we ever rented it. But I was always kind of intrigued. Right. So I wanted to watch it. I was glad you, you brought it up to watch it. But you did bring it up to watch it. Why, Rob? Is there something in your past that... Something in my blood <laughs> which flows. Yeah, that time of the month. No, sorry. The moon. <laughs> the moon. <laughs> well. Werewolves and
2: periods, are they're so similar. I also remember being intrigued by this movie when it first came out because yeah. this was... It came out in 1994, so, you know, I was very young. I was just sort of getting into movies. Jack Nicholson had already made a huge impression on me as a certain little character called Joker. Oh, yeah. The Joker. Mm-hmm. They called him back at the time. There wasn't, like, 80 guys who played him at the time. <laughs> right. So It wasn't just Joker either, like Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. yeah. So I, like... I liked Jack Nicholson. He was like the first actor that I was like, oh, this is what an actor does. He plays different parts. He does his like weird little smile. He yells a lot. He yells a lot. (laughs) And so I was like, this is a movie that I'm going to want to see. And I'm pretty sure that we rented it at one point. But I think that I quickly found that it was too adult for me. Mm. You know, it had too much adultness in it. (laughs) There was a lot of adults in in it. I don't think there's one kid. There is no children. No. Nope. So it didn't really appeal to me at the time. But, you know, when I was thinking about movies for Halloween, mm-hmm. we've talked a lot about many of the franchises that people oh, talk yeah. about in Halloween. Last week we did an interview with a vampire. So I was like, what about this movie?
3: Yeah. Fuck vampires. You know,
2: screw vampires. <laughs> Let's talk about werewolves. That's where the action is.
3: <laughs> you, you transform. And st- that's great.
2: Yeah. But also, I mean, there's a lot looking at this movie that makes it attractive. Like, Jack Nicholson, great actor. Michelle Pfeiffer, also great. It's directed by the great Mike Nichols. Mm. Yeah, for all intents. Like,
3: everything that's put into this pot is beautiful and amazing and
2: sublime. So, combined, (laughs) it should make
3: one of the best movies ever made.
2: Absolutely. So, that's what we have to prove to you today. (laughs) I might be on the other side of that. Okay, (laughs) Okay, all right. All right. Don't turn too quickly, Blair. Uh, (laughs) So, how does this movie fucking begin, Rob? Well, it starts with a snowy road. It's winter somewhere in America. And this is a horror movie, so you have to have the main character
3: driving a car down a country road, and they're going to hit something. (laughs) That's how every horror movie starts. The invitation, get out. I mean, I, I mean that, that's the end of the list that I have I in my I assume that's what
2: happens when you drive places. <laughs> Aren't you always hitting things and causing horror movies? My car is always in the shop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where, squirrel? <laughs> so, Interview with the raccoon pyre. <laughs> raccoon pyre sounds
3: like a raccoon that plays
2: baseball. <laughs> but yes, You're out. he is driving down this lonely, cold road, and he hits A wolf. It just runs out in the middle of the road, and yeah. he hits it. He comes to a stop. He's checking on the thing. Is yeah. it alive? Is it dead? He pokes it with a stick. Right. I mean, that's just
3: add insult to injury right there.
2: <laughs> and he's pretty sure it's dead, so he gets ready to drag it across the road so we can continue on his way. But its eye opens, and it bites him. <laughs> And then it runs into the woods like it was
3: pretending to be dead all along just so it could bite him.
2: Classic wolf trick. <laughs> Wolves are known for playing dead, I'm pretty sure.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean I wouldn't approach a wolf even if I hit it by the, with the car. I don't know, maybe the blanket get a blanket so it wouldn't bite you. There's things to think about <laughs> sound through. like you have
2: experience.
3: I have have you ever hit anything in a car?
2: I hit a kitten once. No, no, Rob. You didn't. Did you... I'm the monster. <laughs> Did you actually hit a kitten? Yeah. Oh God. Well, it was like one what of those... the hell? I wasn't doing it on purpose. It no. was one of those situations where like something runs out into the middle of the road, like this movie. Right. But also there were vehicles. But it's like
3: unlike this movie, it's like the cutest thing in the fucking world. So there was another. There was other vehicles involved. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you feel bad about this. Too late, plan. <laughs> I I hit something one night, really late in the late in the car, like four a.m. I was driving home. It was from a somewhere.
2: senior citizen.
3: <laughs> they were late in their lives, <laughs> is what I meant to say. <laughs> no, I I, I hit something, but then I couldn't find it. So it must have it must have run off. But I, I could never... I was like, I don't know what it was. And now
2: you've been getting mysteriously thinner.
3: <laughs> there's this person been like this yellow rain slicker jacket.
2: They've been following me around. It's been weird. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not a great start for Jack Nicholson. No. But there's more to his life than just running down wolves. He has a very important job. He is the editor-in-chief at this publishing house. Great job, but... Things are a little bit troubled because they're being sold to this big billionaire guy, and it seems like everybody's job is in peril. Like all his people that he works with, they're like, if they fire you, then we're going out with you. Yeah, it's like a very Jeremy maguire esque thing going on. Mm-hmm. You know? And David Hyde Pierce is there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Miles. <laughs> yeah, I can't see him as anything but Fraser's brother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
3: It's a weird setup for a movie. I feel like they put things into a hat and like what's a, what's the supernatural characteristic? It's like an improv game. Like when I was in high school, we'd like do improv. And well, like, Mike
2: Nichols did come from uh, the precursor of the yeah, Second City, so, right? Nichols. Man.
3: Um, it's like you reach into the hat, you bring out two things, and this is like supernatural thing, werewolf. Uh, occupation book publisher and then you like make a fucking movie on it like I don't know where the concept is in this
2: movie what's that's the not concept? how you write
3: scripts <laughs> <laughs> well, like, what's, how, did, how did this movie get sold
2: it is true that they did bounce the occupation of the character around a few times he was originally a lawyer and then they made it I had no publisher. idea about how this movie got made but I knew that happened <laughs> who picks up? books that's like publisher? a supernatural sense that you have <laughs> What's that? What's that bite mark on your arm? Nothing. <laughs>
3: I think I hit a kitten. Okay, I'm sorry that you hit a kitten. That's awful. It,
2: it was yeah, it was pretty awful. Yeah, that's a also. Thing I'm to go pretty through. sure everyone just turned off the podcast when they heard <laughs> that. They were like, "Fuck you guys!" <laughs> Cancelled. This is how
3: we turn into a true crime podcast. We talk about the kitten that got hit but by the who car. Who really hit the kitten? <laughs> I think society did. <laughs> or Blaine? What? Why would you pin that on me? Well, don't you pin that on me.
2: But so the situation, the the new regime of the publishing house is going to be announced at this big party that the new owner is throwing. So basically everybody has to go to the party and find out whether they have their jobs. And it seems like a happening party. Young Allison Janney's there. Yeah. (laughs) Just for like a second she's there. I know. And she's so good. (laughs) She's the best part of this movie and she's in it for like one second. She's very committed to having like one line and dancing lankily. Yeah. She's awesome. (laughs) She is great. But... Here, Will, the Jack Nicholson character, finds out from his boss, Mr. Alden, played by the great Christopher Plummer. Oh, yeah. He's awesome. Canadian? Canadian. That he's not losing his job, but—well, he is losing his job, but he's not being fired. Right. He is just being demoted. He's going to be the publisher of uh, Eastern European something or other. It's it's not a real job. (laughs) I mean, there's obviously no Eastern Europe
3: (laughs) and no famous authors have come from either. It's just like it boggles mind because it seems like kind of a step up. It's like, oh, you can retire to Eastern Europe where your money will go so much farther. You can take your wife there away from maybe things that she's getting involved (laughs) in here and you can live a happier life. And he goes, there's a shit choice you've made me. It's just like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not stellar there. But his friend, the guy James Spader, so-called friend, who has been beneath him, his protege for a long time, yeah, his mentee has has said, "Well, fuck that, you know, I'm I'm going to leave with you if you want me to leave." And I didn't even know that I was going to be promoted to your position until he told me at this party. Yeah,
2: and we, I mean James Spader, he's at his James Spaderiest. Oh yeah, here. Yes, This is like he's very conniving. He's very manipulative. He's laying down all the tracks for what he would become. Robert California. <laughs> 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 and we see kind of
3: how duplicity is he, he is in Will's wife's reaction to him. She hates him. Yeah. She's like, that guy, Like he's, he, you, you built him up and he's trying to tear you down? Like, mm. fuck
2: that guy. And yeah. I loved her for it. Yeah. I was like, yeah. But that's not the only problem. That Jack Nicholson is having because he's also noticed some hair growth on his palms. <laughs> he uh turns out grandma was right. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the dead relatives were watching. <laughs> I, oh, wait, no, it's about the. Yeah. He I love that his first reaction to that is isn't to go, OK, I'm going to the doctor. He goes, I'm just going to snip it off. I'm going to snip off the long hair that's growing from my wound. Yeah, it's growing from his wound. Anytime I've been bitten. Hair hasn't grown from my wound. That's <laughs> and very how weird. many
2: times have you been bitten? I've been, I've been you know, a few times. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look into it, Rob. <laughs> I can. Start, I mean, I like. I like the scene where he's like, you know, trimming it with the scissors because it's a. It seems like a very like older man thing to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> and this is a movie about an older man. Like, this is not Jack Nicholson in his prime. This is Jack Nicholson, I think, when he's really starting to show his age. Because he's, like, a little bit stocky. He wears all yeah. these, like, loose frumpy. and frumpy clothes. <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah, his hair is thinning. They kind of put some more uh, salt and pepper in His it.
2: hair is very Jack Nicholson-y. <laughs> Yeah, yes, yes, exactly. But more so.
3: <laughs> and he has like really low energy. He doesn't really like just,
2: uh, pursue anything like with his wife at all. He's not sure whether he's in Wolf or About Schmidt at the beginning. <laughs> right, yeah. And uh, he's definitely in About Schmidt. And so, <laughs> but now that he's been bitten by this wolf, things start like changing. It's not just the hair, we yeah. all grow a little bit of hair, but he starts. Having a more sensitive sense of smell and of yeah. hearing, like he smells that Stewart was in his office when he comes to work that day.
3: Right, because Stewart had like a swig
2: of uh, you know tequila. In no, his no, 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 that's a different guy. Oh, that's a different guy. Okay, it's just because he smells. <laughs> but another guy, he's yeah. passing him in the hallway, and he's like, "Little early for tequila, isn't it?" Right. And then later, he's out in the lobby and he hears the guy in his office with the door closed making a phone call complaining that he gave him shit for having a drop of tequila with his coffee. And then he goes up to him later and says, don't give me that shit. You didn't have any coffee. Uh,
1: Vijav Alizais wrote something wild, 1948, old but breathing. He's not some kind of mystic out of the jungle, is he? No, no. He has a string of letters after his name. In fact, he's Dr. Alizeas. All right, thank you. Uh, Can you uh, give his number to Mary, please? All right. And, uh, Gary? Yeah? Uh, Don't tell people that you had a drop of tequila with your coffee this morning. You didn't have coffee this morning.
3: This guy is like screaming for help with his alcoholism and all, all Will is doing is just berating him. This Don't is fuck the with 90s. Me, man,
2: I'm a wolf. <laughs>
3: I love, I mean, we're making a big meal out of it, but the movie does. The movie spends like 20 minutes allowing him to like overhear conversations.
2: It's very, yeah.
3: It's it's Slow. It's well, it, it kind of paves the way for all the Marvel movies, all the superhero movies, all that stuff to come because it is showing a
2: person getting their powers that's interesting because there was a den of geek article that i found that you know postulated the same thing that this is essentially like a superhero movie an origin story for this character of wolf (laughs) i think he needs a better superhero
3: name than wolf.
2: <laughs> well, he's working on it. Wolf boy, taken. It could be Mr. Wolf. Mr. Wolf? Yeah. Virginia Wolf? Oh, <laughs> that'd be great. To the lighthouse. <laughs> That's where his, like, lair is. Yeah. That'd be great. So now that he started to, like, get this vitality back, he started to get his mojo back, and he's not going to put up with this sniveling little stuff. Stewart taking his job and fucking with him. So he decide he gets his guys together, David Hyde Pierce, his secretary, and he gets them to call all the authors that they have, that he has, and be like, we're all going to leave and start a new publishing company, and I'm just going to go and tell Christopher Plummer this, and then he'll have to give me the job back or fuck him. Right.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And then he kind of like brings that to, to Christopher Plummer. Chris, Christopher Plummer is like – I mean, you're showing some backbone. I like this new guy. I, mm-hmm. This is the guy that I want working for me. This is great. So he kind of is like, I'm not going to agree until the like ink is dry. So like, let's let's do this. Give me the contract. Yeah. And then he goes home and he makes love to his wife. Yeah. He's
2: so like, you know, <laughs> he's gotten all, it all back. He doesn't need any blue pills. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
3: that's what I was thinking this entire movie watching it was just like, it is an allegory for the older man finding Viagra because- Not only does he, like, get more energy at work and, like, makes love to his wife, but he... Starts having this other relationship, but we haven't gone there yet, but we will. But, like, he and starts getting more energy and starts, right. like, pushing guys around. It's like, Midlife I, Crisis, the movie. Yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> like, I can still get my dick
2: card. Get out of my way. You know, he's, like, hitting
3: people with it.
2: Can you he's imagine, like, like, one of those, like, early 2000s Viagra commercials where they couldn't tell you what it is or what it did? Right. And it's just, like, Jack Nicholson doing his things, running around like a werewolf. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) See a Doctor, if it lasts for more than four hours. (laughs) Hey, Doctor, I've been a wolf for a full day. Um, Can you help me out?
3: Uh, But what Jack Nicholson does, there's a moment where he's, like, in the mirror, and he sees his hair is growing thicker, and he's like, I'm the president of the hair club for men. And uh, he really is changing into this younger man through the blue pill kind
2: of thing. Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah, but... It doesn't help him right away because, I mean, he has a lot of competition because he's been turning into a werewolf and, like, going out. We've already seen it happen once.
3: It sounds like there's a a group for him or something. Hey, guys, (laughs) my name is Will. I've been turning into a werewolf. (laughs) It's been fifteen years since I contracted lycanthropy. <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, been able to keep it in check, but uh, this last full moon, I saw a deer. And
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, basically, the day after he's like gotten his vitality back and like made love to his wife for the first time in a long time, he, in the middle of the night, he starts you know tossing and turning. And then he gets, like, Wolverine sideburns. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Hugh Jackson's on screen. What's, what's happening? And then he starts, like, running like the wolf in his sort of weird way. And it's sort of hilarious just to watch Jack Nicholson run <laughs> through the various times in this movie. Because Jack Nicholson does not seem like a guy who runs. <laughs> <laughs>
3: There's this run that uh, Jim Carrey does in The Cable Guy when he's like the evil Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what Jack and Lucas has done in this movie. He like hunches over and like runs with his claws <laughs> and is like, hur, hur. like, it's just the the craziest acting it, it it reminded me a little bit of Tom Cruise in *The uh, uh, Vampire*. Yes,
1: yeah, <laughs> where he's
3: like acting kind of animalistic, but not fully animalistic. Like right. he's still like, uh, like I got grunting and the uh, Yeah. yeah, prominent like... eyebrow. I'm still a man, you know. Um, I still have control over this role. Uh, I'm not <laughs> acting like a dog, which would be beneath me as an actor. So he still has that going on. Yeah, it's really weird.
2: I also love the way that he leaps. So there's a lot of like mm. leaping Jack Nicholson in this yeah. movie, which I think is amazing. <laughs> yeah, he has like the cables attached at his hips. He's like woo and. His pants, like, are, you know, big. <laughs> they flutter in the wind. <laughs> it's like MC Hammer attacking people. Like like, what Hammer. the hell? Hammer time. Yeah, and he goes... He goes, goes to Stewart's. Yeah, he goes to Stewart's. And he rings the thing, and Stewart comes down, and uh, Stewart's like, oh, what, 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 what can I do for you, Will? Yeah. And he bites him. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes dog leaping up the stairs, which is hilarious. <laughs> this guy. You imagine opening
3: a door to someone, you're like, oh, I am having an affair with this man's wife. He showed up at the door, and then suddenly he just bites you and leaps up the stairs like a dog. You'd be like, he's lost
2: it. I've earned that. <laughs> I deserve it. <laughs> Don't made... sleep with a man's wife unless you expect to be bitten. <laughs> Possibly to have your floor shat on. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that would have been amazing if you just, like... Just like <laughs> walked away from the from the wife after confronting her, and then just pulled down his pants was like,
1: <laughs>
2: uh,
3: but he does find his wife in Stewart's apartment. Yeah, the wife has been cheating on him. Yeah, so she doth protest too much with the whole Stuart is shouldn't be mean to you thing. Yeah, she's being mean to well.
2: Never trust anybody that your significant other hates. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's what this movie taught me.
3: <laughs> That's actually kind of a good rule, but the, also the scariest rule. Scariest rule.
2: <laughs> Just live by it for one year see what happens. Oh, God. But, yeah, I mean, I I like the way that this stuff happens in the movie because, like, we see Jack Nicholson acting. We don't know why he's doing the things that he's doing. And then it's sort of revealed. It's his wife up there. He right. must have smelled it. Yeah. It's very... Smelled her. Yeah. Well, smelled him on her.
3: Oh, my God. Yeah.
2: So... Mm.
3: Yeah. But we should say that, uh, don't worry, this guy isn't going to be alone for long, because we've already met Michelle Pfeiffer, and she's the daughter of Christopher Plummer.
2: That's right. They had, like, a moment at the party where, after speaking to Alden, he has basically a panic attack. I should also mention that horses don't seem to like him. That's weird. (laughs) But... She, They have, like, not a moment. You know, they have decidedly not a moment, and he says, like, you know, don't worry, I'm safe, I'm married, right, or something like yeah, that. That's, and she's like, that doesn't mean shit. Well, that's kind of
3: what a guy says to you before he makes a move. I'm pretty sure that's, like, the older man's repertoire. Yeah. Of, like, don't worry, I'm married, you can sit on my— It's like, come on, man. I don't know. Like, I felt like this was a little— also, to see her, she kind of is this rebellious girl. To... Yeah, like
2: rebellious, heiress. Yeah. You know, she's done a lot of drugs and stuff. She's had some relationships her daddy doesn't approve of. And daddy is the thing.
3: Like, I'm not sure how old she's supposed to be. Like, Michelle Pfeiffer was in her 20s at this point, And so, like, I'm not sure if they're playing her young. It's just a little, it's a little weird. Uh, because she does kind of have a character... But there's not a lot of talking about her at all.
0: He just fired you, didn't he?
1: Demoted, I think, is the word I've been offered a choice between no job and a job no one would want. So, what will you do? I'll probably take the job no one would want. i have the courage to be jobless at my age. Old guy, huh? <sighs> yeah.
2: Old guy. Yeah. I mean, I I like what Michelle Pfeiffer does in this role. And I think that, like, it resists a few of the tropes that were present at the time. Like, it's not... She doesn't instantly... She doesn't like him or anything at all. Like, she's not even really attracted to him. They just sort of keep spending time together because she's damaged and he's damaged. Right, yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, there is that kind of rom-com trope of them not liking each other and then liking each other.
2: Yeah, Um, and when they finally do end up hooking up, it's like, it's way down the line after he's already tore the throat out of a deer on her property. (laughs) (laughs) And once you do that, I mean, really, it opens up the relationship to anything. Yeah, I mean, you can talk about lots after that, you know. (laughs) Yeah. But
3: I find that she though she is a good actress in this and she does well with the material that she's given she's not given a lot of material and it seems as though she falls for him really quick from hating him to loving him yeah. in like a couple days. I'm not maybe a couple days but definitely a couple scenes. <laughs> uh the to, to the point where at the end of this movie when everything is going south he tells her like I love I love you more than anyone in my entire life. And life makes like has meaning because of you. Yeah. And she's you know says the same. Now he's older. If she's younger, then maybe she can fall for someone really quick. And like you know being younger, you know. The, but like him being older, I just, uh, you love your yeah, wife said, of like
2: twenty years. <laughs> I feel like that's exactly the midlife crisis. You oh, know, I man guess line. yeah. He's like, yeah. oh man, you made everything make sense. I was with this old broad before. <laughs> now you're a sexy young woman. <laughs> right, yeah.
3: Oh, it is Midlife Crisis, the movie. Yeah. To a T. Yeah, so I, I get what you're saying there. I get what you're saying. He does go to a zoo at one point to <laughs> to kill a bunch of animals in the zoo.
2: Yeah. But he's almost arrested by Ross
3: from Friends. <laughs>
2: David Schwimmer's in this for no reason. No, it's because he is an
3: actor. <laughs> Yeah, but he's in it for one minute, and he plays the only funny role in the entire movie. Yeah. And his only is line— Is funny? Well, I know. Is, is, I, what is his line? It's like— he took my handcuffs. Yeah, that's the only joke in this movie. I
2: like that he says that line with the same inflection that he says every line in Friends.
3: Yeah. Yeah, he goes, like, you know, he took my handcuffs. I guess we're on a break. He just does the whole thing. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he's in it for a second. It was nice. I was, like, looking down at some notes I was making, and then I looked up, and I, like, I heard David Schwimmer's voice, and I was like, that can't be. It can't (laughs) be. It was. It was was kind of delightful to see him in a role that's not Ross, to be honest.
2: Yeah. 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 To be reminded that he is an actor. I think... There's also some other people in this movie who we haven't talked about yet, like Richard Jenkins. Yeah. The great Richard Jenkins is one of the uh, detectives. So he
3: kind of escapes from the cuffs. He has the handcuffs. He does handcuff himself to his heater in his room. Yeah. And lets uh, Michelle Pfeiffer in. And Richard Jenkins is kind of like in and around the same area in the movie, too, trying
2: to track down
3: who killed his wife.
2: Yeah. Well, that's right. His wife gets murdered while Jack Nicholson... And I, I think it's the time when he's handcuffed himself up and then Michelle Pfeiffer yeah. comes and unhandcuffs him and they have some sex. Yeah. And then he's, like, tossing and turning in the middle of the night, half to all of us. And then the next morning, cop shows up and says, someone's been killed. Right. So he could have done it. He doesn't know. I mean, they're playing it like he probably did it. Yes. And at first, like... Michelle Pfeiffer is protecting him because she has a lot of experience with cops. <laughs> so she's like, he doesn't have to answer your questions. He doesn't have to Ugh. answer without a lawyer. And yeah. he doesn't really know what to do because he's in shock. Mm-hmm. But eventually after – I think it's after he, she finds out – she speaks to Richard Jenkins and she, he tells her that there was canine DNA in the wounds that she starts to suspect because he's told her that he's been turning into a wolf. Yeah. So that's a pretty good sign that maybe he did it.
3: And this was actually kind of a nice turn in the movie for them to be, like, broken up that way. For her to be like, oh, fuck, he's a murderer. He probably killed his wife. Mm. What we don't know is at the same time, Stuart has been turning into a wolf as well.
2: Yeah, that's right. He's borrowed Jack Nicholson's yellow contact lenses. <laughs> and he forgot to brush his hair. <laughs>
3: There's a great scene where Jack Nicholson does sign the paperwork and he gets his old job back. Oh, yeah. In the, and he goes into the washroom and it's, you know, chest high urinals. and Yeah, and he tells Stuart that, hey, I got your job. <laughs> I got your job. And he's, he's like, well, you know, I, I guess that's good. And... um I still have your wife, uh, but uh, that's fine, and maybe we can work together still. And Stuart's like, you're fired. And then he uh, he turns around while he's peeing and pisses all over Stuart's legs.
1: Give me a few months. Let me say I quit. No. It wouldn't be best for the firm. You vindictive son of a bitch. The best thing for the firm is me. I'm the best thing this firm has, and you fucking know it. This is fucking weird. Rib- Are you crazy? No. I'm just marking my territory. And you got in the way.
3: I, I love that scene. it's such a good scene. I remember my uh, like my friend's dad like worked at Alcan, like a you know processing plant, and he would tell stories about people in the plant like trying to pee on each other's legs while they were like <laughs> doing the what? Yeah, he was like, it was like we, we call, it's called tag, and uh, you just you just try to like sneak your anyway. It was a very weird thing that they used to do, and it reminded me of this movie <laughs> because I was like so shocked to begin with, and then I was like, I'm not as shocked as like. Ariane is, who's watching it. She's like, that's crazy. Like, who would pee on someone else? And well, I was like, women
2: don't have that power.
3: <laughs> yeah. No. We have directional aim. That's and And it's, right. it's, it is a power that we should have. Nail privilege. <laughs> privilege. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's called like it is. Yeah. Except no one seems to have aim when you go to, like, a bar or bathroom. Jesus Christ. Wow, it's not that easy. Let's get it together, guys. <laughs> Lift up the seat and Yeah, but go. sometimes
2: you get the double stream. Let's not talk about this right now. <laughs> when the full moon is out <laughs> well so the big final confrontation comes down at the uh mansion when michelle Pfeiffer realizes that jane spader was the person who killed jack's wife and now he's going to go after jack so he runs after her now he's locked in the stable
3: yeah jack nicholson is yeah
2: yeah which with like really high bars and Stuart, who is becoming a werewolf is a attacking Michelle Pfeiffer. He's already, like, shot all of her family's security guards. Yeah. And he, like, ran another guy down. Yeah. And- Very un things to do, by the way. He should just yeah. be, like, biting these
3: people and killing them. Well, werewolves like, like variety, too. <laughs> Spice life? Yeah. So he's, like, it turns really rapey here. Like, it, like he's... Well, James Spader tries... Yeah. Yes. In front of Jack Nicholson. And so Jack Nicholson is trying to, like... Climb the bars to get out? Yeah, but he can't
2: quite. And he's wearing the amulet, which the guy told him would help him not become a werewolf. Because if he hasn't dealt with this by the full moon, the first full moon after he was bitten, he'll turn completely and that'll be it. So he, you know, seeing what's about to happen to Michelle Pfeiffer, he rips off the amulet and like wolfs out really hard (laughs) and then manages to leap right up to the bars and then they can do like a big old werewolf fight.
3: Yeah. And this is
2: where the action is.
3: Yeah, it's pretty great. And there's like a lot of like wire work here that looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'd say there's a pond fight, and yeah, it's it's fun. Mm-hmm.
2: But it, it, he's about to basically almost get killed until Michelle Pfeiffer takes the gun from the fallen security guard and shoots Stuart yeah. dead.
3: Yeah, because he's
2: not quite a werewolf yet, right? It's,
3: it's the moon he, has to do it. Yeah. So it, any bullets to the chest will do.
2: Well, this movie is agnostic on the silver bullet thing.
3: <laughs> he gets shot 70 times by the six-shooter and yeah. falls dead. And uh, then Jack Nicholson and Michelle Pfeiffer... Live happily ever after. Yeah. She turns out it uh, that uh, lycanthropy is a STD as well. Yes. So she gets to go into the woods with the contacts as well.
2: Yeah. And that is fucking Wolf. <laughs> And I have a whole bunch of trivia and behind-the-scenes stuff. It's not footage. (laughs) Right after this break.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen,
3: Hey there, next week on Rewatchability, we are going to be delving into Hellraiser. Don't
2: swear, say Heckraiser. I'm sorry,
3: <laughs> this is an explicit show. We should have stated that from the beginning. Heckraiser is going to be fun. I haven't seen it in a long time, but when I did, I was terrified as a
2: kid. Oh my god. Did you ever see Hellraiser? No, but I have gotten acupuncture. <laughs> that is. In my face. Oh my god, that's horrible. <laughs> well, hopefully it opened up your third eye.
1: That would have been good.
3: It opens up something. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna try to, you know, bring back from the life that movie and really pick it apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, tear the skin off of it and see if it still works. And if you're into sadomasochism, that'll be exactly your thing. <laughs> so, join us on Rewatchability
2: for Hellraiser. Heck, welcome back to Rewatchability. We're talking about Wolf. I
3: mean, I hope we can finish the podcast before you fully turn into a wolf.
2: Well, the full moon is coming out, so <laughs> we'll have to see. <laughs> so, you have some uh, some
3: trivia for me? Some behind the scenes stuff going on? I thought you had the trivia.
2: What? Ugh. Oh, man, bummer. Blaine. No, I have some. I have okay. some trivia for you. I can I can pull a few things out of my hat. Okay. <laughs> for this. this, so Blaine, this one is a little bit difficult for you. You have to think of three different things. Oh, no. Three different entities. I can't chew and walk. <laughs> so, which three cast members of Wolf were in another supernatural movie entitled Witches of Eastwick? Oh, Michelle Pfeiffer.
3: Okay. Um, maybe Jack Nicholson. Maybe? Yeah, no, Jack Nicholson. Okay. And then the other cast member... Fuck. That's hard. <sighs> Uh, Richard Jenkins. Um, I'm going to say David Hyde
2: Pierce. You would be wrong. No. Sorry. Uh, it was, in it. fact, Richard Jenkins. You almost said it. Uh, I'm such a dick. Um,
3: <laughs> So Richard Jenkins and I got the other two right?
2: Yeah. Sweet. But it's a three-part question, so you don't get any points. In you know, fact, you lose points because that's how trivia works. I try to design the questions so so fairly for you, <laughs> Okay, so what's okay? So,
1: those you know, it's were, not
2: fair being bitten by a werewolf.
3: <laughs> Have you seen *Witches' Beast book? No, yeah, me neither. No, but yeah. I we
2: maybe we should watch it.
3: Yeah,
2: it has, it has three great actors in it, mm hmm, and Jack Nicholson. <laughs> no, he's like, I love Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson's <laughs> awesome. It's just in this movie, it's a little touch and go, it's a little bit touch and go, but <laughs> yeah. so the next question blam. Which longtime collaborator of Mike Nichols did an uncredited rewrite on this script? Oh, man. Elaine
3: May. You got to go with Elaine May. She's Nichols and May, and
2: she's also an amazing writer. That is so correct. Yes. You got it. Yeah. Elaine May. They're they're great. They are great. You know, famously, they were a pioneering comedy duo. Mm -hmm. Apparently, they met after... Mike Nichols thought that he saw her smiling at him at a play and then he sat next to her on the subway and just started speaking to her in a Russian accent and she started speaking back. Oh, that's pretty funny. And that's how they began.
3: That's awesome.
2: uh, So they were riffing from the start. They were riffing from the start. But they had like a legendary comedy partnership and then they split up very shortly after they began and while just having changed comedy... Forever. (laughs) Right. And then also went on to change uh, film uh, forever as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, and this was the first collaboration of theirs in 35 years. Holy shit. Yeah. So, like, a long time had passed. Like, they stopped hanging out in the 60s. Damn. Yeah. Two talented people. However, after this went so well for them, of course, (laughs) they once again collaborated on... Le Cage à Oh, yeah. The Birdcage. Yeah. And Primary Colors. That's great. Yeah. It's a great track record. Yeah. And I think that they collaborated again on and off throughout uh, till Mike Nichols sadly passed away a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. But um, Elaine May has been doing some really interesting stuff. I think she's on Broadway right now, or she oh, wow. was on Broadway cool. doing a one woman show. Yeah. And of course, she's a great director as well. Oh, she did yeah. The Heartbreak Kid. Yeah. And. Unfortunately for her, Ishtar. I so Ishtar is one of my favorite movies. Right, one time we'll have to talk about it because it ruined her career. <laughs>
3: it did ruin her career, and I think she was way like ahead of her time. Ishtar it was like the litmus test of a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Like they called Waterworld Fishtar. That's how. <laughs> that's how much Ishtar, and that's years and years later. That's how much Ishtar was in the general like consciousness of like bad movie. Yep. But I think. Without that movie, you have no Tenacious D. I think Whoa. You, like, there's a lot of things in that movie that started uh, a lot okay. of. Okay, yeah. So I, we should talk about it. We should talk about like the worst movies that
2: we love. Okay. At some point. Okay. Question the third Blaine. Which creative personnel from this film mm-hmm. is related to Albert Einstein?
3: Oh, which creative personnel of this film was related to Albert Einstein? Fuck, not the first, right? Re- let's, let's. I'm. I'm gonna go with like some producer. I'm gonna go with the Douglas Wick.
2: Sure, that was the producer of this film. Okay, John Wick's dad <laughs> <laughs> and Albert Einstein's great grandson. You are. I mean, you're obviously wrong because you couldn't even really pick anybody. Nope. It is Mike Nichols, the director. Whoa, really? Yeah, he is third cousin twice removed of Albert Einstein. Oh, that's dubious. Okay, I mean it's close enough. How close are you? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Let
3: me answer that. All right.
2: (laughs) But uh, you know, of course, like Mike Nichols' family came from Russia and Germany. They came to America after the Russian Revolution and after some bad stuff started happening in Germany. And uh, Mike Nichols, you know, he had a great career doing theater. He directed the original. Odd Couple, yeah, on Broadway, yeah, and of course he also he started his film career with Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf? Oh, and that's so probably thing. why yeah. he did this movie because he was really disappointed that Virginia Wolf was not about werewolves.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> My grandfather, who sadly passed away earlier this year, I was remembering all these stories about him, and he had this story about seeing Albert Einstein because he worked in the Air Force. And he was walking down the hall one day and, this, and this, uh, this old man came by kind of waddling down the hall. And then like like 20 feet behind him, all these people with like notepads and everything, like a flurry of people just like kind of running behind this old man. And, and he was like, that's kind of weird. They were keeping their distance but like really interested. And, and so um, he asked someone. someone, the other person said, that's fucking Einstein. That's the smartest man alive.
2: Yo, it's fucking Einstein.
3: <laughs> I assume that's how like the army was run. Just like, oh, dude, you you don't know this, Einstein, bro. <laughs> anyway, that's the story about
2: Einstein. So that's a good Einstein story. So I'm not far removed from Einstein. You're not far bitch. removed. All right. I also wanted to point this out, and this won't work out uh, too well to the uh, people who are listening to the podcast, but you can see this. There is also a little bit of a similarity in the poster. Of Wolf and the poster of Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf? Oh, so see, I'm showing it to Blaine. You got Elizabeth Taylor, yeah. Who is the Wolf? Oh, yeah. And you got Richard Burton over there. Black background, yellow writing. Okay, okay. yeah. And now look That's at this a poster one. for Alf. Oh, yeah. Even the word Wolf. It looks like it's in a similar font. It's yeah, the, the same yellow. yellow color. Yeah. Black and white. Yeah.
1: I hmm. see that.
2: I wonder what other connections there are. Between who's afraid of Virginia Wolf and Wolf, are there? Is this the, your last trivia question? No. Okay. <laughs> no, the third, the the Einstein one was the third oh, trivia okay, question. Okay. You're That's done. Cool. You're done. Settle oh, down, oh, boy. God. Down, boy. I just I just get so nervous about the trivia questions. <laughs> well, I do have some behind the scenes stuff that we can talk about. Okay. Was he really a wolf? Yes. Yes. <laughs> See, I'm good at the behind the scenes. Well, so this movie, it had a long development period. Jack Nicholson had been trying to make this movie for 12 years. Jack Nicholson, eh? Yeah.
3: That's so funny because he looks uncomfortable being the wolf. I don't know how to put it exactly. It's like a not full commitment to it or something.
2: Or maybe he's not able to. I don't know. He seems a little too old for this shit.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: But... He had the idea to do it 12 years ago, so at the time, it seemed like he
3: would be able to pull it off. I wonder if all the old man stuff was still in it the 12 years prior, and like whether he's just really old for it now. <laughs> yeah, maybe. There's a 22-year there's a difference between him and Michelle Pfeiffer in this movie as love interest? Honestly, I think that's it's... not bad. <laughs> I think, uh, who was the first writer, Woody Allen? What was this?
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> don't invoke that name unless you want it to come back. So... They had a hard time trying to get it made, but eventually Jack got Mike Nichols to do it. And Mike Nichols was having a lot of problems with the material, and it didn't seem, like, comfortable for him. He's sort of more used to doing theatrical adaptations. Yeah, yeah. Some comedy, some comedy, you know. But this sort of horror movie wasn't really in his wheelhouse, so he he actually almost quit at one point. Yeah, and he called Jack Nicholson and is like, you know, don't make me do this. I'm not, I'm not right. comfortable. It's not really. I don't know how to do this. But Jack Nicholson said, "Look, <laughs> it's either going to be you or Stanley Kubrick, who's going to get the movie done faster." It was never going to be Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> no, in fact, he he did ask Stanley Kubrick, and Stanley Kubrick did pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit. I feel like it's
3: this is kind of it's just a little bit of a mess. Like this movie, uh, the I feel like the script doesn't have enough in it that's different. Like like I said, where is the concept? It's it's well, two different. It's things. about a
2: guy turning into a werewolf. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, and that's not enough. I feel uh, there, there's no full, except for the f- stuff that we're putting on it. Like I feel like other movies, like uh, Interview with a Vampire, we we there is like this like homosexual undertone to it, or overtone, or tone. And for this, it feels like we are having to find the connections between the midlife crisis, and or or it just feels like it wasn't. Exactly drawn out of the material mm-hmm. uh, as fully as it could have been.
2: Well, I I don't, I don't know, know if there's I a agree. deeper lever. I think a deeper level to this. I think it is a movie about the midlife crisis. I mean, we call it that's a derogatory term, but I mean, it's a movie about an old dude. And right. Mike Nichols has sort of said it as much himself. It's about. The old person's revolution, he says. Right. You know, like it's the the young guy who is like, you know, he thinks he's right. He, he's got all the, the youth and power and he thinks that he should be able to own the world. Right. But, you know, Jack Nichols is not ready to step aside yet.
3: <laughs> and that's why mandatory retirement ages are a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: but the. I just feel like
3: Cocoon did it better.
2: I don't know. Well, that's fair. Yeah. The screenwriter, Jim Harrison. He had a lot of problems working with Mike Nichols and with Michelle Pfeiffer. And he actually left the production because of uh, creative differences with Nichols. And he says uh, that. Yeah, Nichols wanted to make it good. And he's
3: like,
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs>
2: What was.
3: I might, I don't know. If I meet this guy, I have a lot of crow to eat. Well, he's dead. So okay. uh, you will Sweet.
2: have eaten some crow or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm he sorry. He is. He's a somewhat successful writer. The same year that uh, Wolf was released, they also released Legends of the Fall, which is based off his novella. Oh, wow. Okay. So he was having a good year. However, he left the production because of creative differences with uh, Mike Nichols, claiming, I wanted Dionysian. He wanted Apollonian. Mm? (laughs) Hmm? He took my wolf and made it into a chihuahua. I cracked up for 10 minutes and then went out into the country and stood in front of a wolf den and apologized while my dog hid under the truck. And then following his experience with the film, Harrison decided to leave Hollywood.
3: Wow. Yeah. Holy shit. I mean, I can see that he wanted it to be more of a horror movie, Mm -hmm. uh, more of a a bloodbath. And that might have
2: been a better movie,
3: maybe. It doesn't. I mean, they might both have points. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean do th- it doesn't really find the horror elements. Like it has obviously the werewolf is a thing, but it doesn't try to scare. It doesn't try to like play with like the tension or like whatever the nerve-racking agent of a horror yeah. movie is. Yeah. yeah. There's no, there's not
3: a lot of that. And it's too bad because Mike Nichols is so good at comedy and and horror Really relies a lot on the comedy structure of of scenes and of even jokes to be scary. So mm-hmm. I, it could have been really great.
2: Yeah, but <laughs> it, it
3: it wasn't. It wasn't Dionysian, if I could borrow. No, I don't. Know. Oh, you want more wine and fucking, huh? <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? First of all, fair. And fair. then uh, I yeah, so. I, Like, I'm with you, I think. It just felt like it was in between something.
2: Yeah, I think it it doesn't really find its tone. It doesn't quite know what it's trying to be. And I think it it wants to be, like, a whole lot of things. Like, it wants to be... Human, it wants to be wolf. It's torn between these two worlds. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So alternate casting. I only have one for you, but since uh, you, you know said the name, which should not be said in a podcast studio, (laughs) (laughs) I have to bring it up. Originally, the person playing Charlotte, Wills, Jack Nicholson's wife, Mm. was going to be Mia Farrow. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. But a little something happened around 1993, 94, where... Woody Allen, and then there was like a lot of, just a lot of controversy, and then there was a, a trial, right. and it seems like people are still talking about all this stuff today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's basically why uh, she had to drop out of the movie. She really wanted to do it. She offered to like take a huge salary cut because the studio wouldn't insure her. Wow. And uh, she eventually had to drop out. Wow. Yeah. So
3: this feels like one of Michelle Pfeiffer's kind of first roles. Is is it something where Michelle Pfeiffer kind of found her legs in Hollywood because of this movie
2: or I you know, I think that she had done uh stuff before. Oh okay. Like some of her earliest roles are like uh, you know, as early as like the the eighties and late seventies. Oh, okay. She was in Fantasy Island a couple times. Right. But she was in Greece too as Stephanie. Right. (laughs) Yeah, she was in lots of stuff before that. And also Witches of Eastwick was uh, long before this. In fact, yeah, lots of her career was before this. She's already done Batman Returns.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, fair. Mm -hmm. Of course,
2: Jack Nicholson had worked with Mike Nichols before in Carnal Knowledge, which was a movie from the 70s which Mm. broke a lot of taboos. And also Heartburn, which is also about Midlife Crisis, I imagine.
1: <laughs> I gonna, like, oh. I
2: Where are my role Where are my Tums?
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. And I, that's, that's Wolf. That's Wolf. Blaine, I get the feeling that you were not fully transformed by this.
3: <laughs> no, I would give it... One full moon, you know? Uh, that's all it takes. That's that's all it takes. I wouldn't suggest this movie to people. I think there's, like, a bunch of other horror movies that have done lycanthropy better and with uh, either the more blood or at least more intrigue to it mm. and better transformations. I found that this was kind of early days for the special effects. Well, you know who did are, all the
2: special effects and makeup. Who? Rick Baker. you talking shit about Rick Baker.
3: Wow, Rick Baker. Rick
2: Baker. I'm yeah. sorry, Rick, but well, this isn't movie... up to your... He set the bar, and then he didn't reach his own bar. This movie cost $70 million to make, and I'm pretty sure that Roger Ebert was like, where did it go? Yeah, they <laughs> shot a whole night
3: scene during the day, and it was so clear it was during the day. You mm-hmm. like, feel like if they had the money, they could at least
2: shoot. Oh it yeah, at night. that is night for day for sure. Yeah, that,
3: uh, the the deer scene, the deer scene. It goes on for like ten minutes, and you it like shows you the sun at some point. It's always
2: people... so weird. There's a scene in Deliverance that's like that too, and it looks really bad. It so bad. I mean, we've gotten way better
3: at it, but it, it there's people suntanning in the background. Like, I just don't understand how they thought that would pass.
2: There were some other like major expenses on this movie. They had to do some reshoots, which actually delayed the release for eight months. Ooh. And basically the whole thing was that scene where Jack Nicholson leaps on top of the cage. Really? Yeah. The studio just thought that they needed like a little bit more action to pull it all together. <laughs> I mean, the scene where he jumps onto the
3: cage is... The same shot over and over and over again of him jumping to the same spot on the cage and then fall and then not even falling off. Yeah, it looks like he can climb it. It's a very
2: it's a very weird scene. Mike Nichols called it a one million dollar aspirin. <laughs> <laughs> See, he's good at jokes. See, he's so good at jokes. Uh, Mike Nichols. <laughs> yeah, so not rewatchable, Blaine. I'm gonna say not
3: rewatchable. I it think bites. What about you? <sighs>
2: <laughs> I sadly feel the same. I think it's just like a grand experiment that didn't sort of work out. It has so many really great elements and I really love uh, Mike Nichols uh directing and uh, Jack Nicholson and yeah. all, like I think everybody did like I think everybody tried their hardest but it just doesn't really know what it wants to be. And yeah. I think that is even sort of felt by like some of the cast and like, are going for different things, you know? Yeah. Like, there seems to be disagreements about what this movie is actually about.
3: Yeah, it feels like they all got different invitations to different parties, but they all showed up to the same one. Like, they showed <laughs> up, but they weren't sure what to do mm-hmm. and, like, how to interact with each other. Yeah. So...
2: So, yeah, it just doesn't really seem to come together. It's very long and slow. There are some interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. There's some interesting scenes, some really, like, well-framed scenes, some of it I do like. I love—I do love the scene of Jack Nicholson chasing the deer for, like, ten minutes. <laughs> it's long. It is long. But I love just, like, the way that he, like—he's, like, moon running or something. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. Moon so, runner. I am also going to say not rewatchable. Mm-hmm. There was one more story that I wanted to mention before we wrap it up. Apparently, Jack Nicholson is allergic to spirit gum. Ooh, that's not good. That affixes his sideburns to his face. That is the thing that you use to, yeah, fake mustaches, anything yeah. that you need to affix to your face, that's usually what you use. But And he told Rick Baker this at the beginning of the shoot, but apparently one day he accidentally used the same stuff that he used on James Spader, and because nothing happened immediately, he didn't say anything. Uh. But then the next day, he uh, he went to Jack Nicholson's trailer, and he was like full of big red welts all over Ooh. his face. And Nicholson said, "Ricky boy, <laughs> you used the spirit gum, didn't you?" <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
3: I can you imagine him saying that to you? Be like, and I will uh, immediately fire myself. I'll quit. Uh, please don't murder me. Um, yeah, in the trailer.
2: Yeah, apparently didn't have it again.
3: Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. God, he's an intimidating guy.
2: He's an intimidating guy. I mean, he used to be. Yeah. I mean, after seeing him spill homemade chili all over himself at courtside at Lakers game, (laughs) I can't take him the same way that I used to. Uh, This
3: is really hot.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So that's Rewatchability for this week. You can tune in next week for another spooktacular Halloween haunt. Until then, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, where you can also rate us. Yeah. Out of five stars, only do five, <laughs> and uh, we, we will can... turn into a werewolf. But you... not in the good way like the doctor wants. <laughs> It'll be yeah. bad. And you can, uh, you can haunt us on uh, Facebook or, mm-hmm. or Twitter. And, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you can you can stalk us all over the internet. You you know, it sounds creepy already. You don't have to say it in a creepy way. <laughs> and you can also go to our Patreon campaign if you want to support us that way or go to T public and order a t-shirt mm-hmm. and spread the word. Spread the word like linkropathy. Linkropathy <laughs> is how we My-cropathy? spread links to our to our <laughs> show.
3: <laughs> Thank you very much.